Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Bears fans, to the CHGO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. And what is up, everybody? It is Friday, a.k.a. CHGO Audible Day, and we are less than one week from round one of the NFL Draft. It's starting to feel real, Mr. Moriano. It is, Will. Uh, finally getting there. I think it's about time, too. Like, with all the... Uh speculation since maybe like january so about now i'm glad that we are we're so close to the nfl draft because again we don't even know what's going to happen day day one day night night one of the draft so it's going to be an exciting time and i cannot wait for a taxi get here and happy anniversary of your fantastic mock draft that you did back with the Bears brothers when you uh, called out, let's draft Mr. Mahomes at number three and everyone thought you were insane, but actually you were like the most sane person of all, apparently. <laughs> I read some of the comments on that too, Will, just off the old account. They're like, you idiot. Or like, there are some other words being said, but, and I don't want to share those here, but yeah, no, again, it was, it's a mock draft. And I, I wonder how different the Bears would have looked today had they had a guy like that. But Hey, anything can happen. And, you know, if you pick the right guy, you can change your franchise. So that's that's what it's all about. You were on it. You were on it. Unfortunately, Ryan Pace was not. But I'll digress. I saw a comment from Gary Ross saying, hey, it's Batman and Robin, a.k.a. Will and Nick. So I, I guess you're Robin. Just wanted to throw that out there. Hey, Robin, Robin's cool. I loved him in Teen Titans. And Did you ever watch Teen Titans, Will, growing up or – I've seen a little bit, unfortunately, just due to like my nature of being a parent over the last seven years. The only Teen Titans I really know is Teen Titans Go, which is a completely different type of show. But I have seen off and on Teen Titans itself, which was a much more serious and I think better show based off of my understanding. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, Will, are you rocking your your Detroit Lions blue today for the start? Oh, we might as well that. just we might as well just kind of you know put some jabs at Detroit Lions. Like, how do you go? I don't know. You're going into a very important 2023 season, and you have you know multiple players getting suspended for gambling, and you saw what the NFL did to Calvin Ridley, and you have Jameson Williams, who's barely even played. 
since being drafted last year. It's crazy seeing that. I know a lot of Detroit Lions fans were on social media a couple days ago talking a lot of crap to Bears fans, and, you know, the Lions can't get can't get out of their own way sometimes. Well, Nope, sometimes, I'm glad you kind of caught that. I was betting whether or not you would, uh, but I'm glad that you figured it out. It's Yeah, I, I'm not going to complain because it helps the Bears within the division uh, from that standpoint, but the other perspective is, like, for some of the players that – that are just placing bets within a facility, even though it wasn't like an NFL specific bet. It's just a little strange to me because mm-hmm. uh, as we're talking in the green room before the show, like we're all doing it. Like everyone's betting on sports right yeah. now. It just, if it's not about your team, if it's not about the league, I don't know what the big deal is. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I mean, again, what we do here, this, if you see, if you're watching the show, DraftKings in the top corner here, but there's just a lot of betting going around and for young young guys right it's like how it's so easy and accessible it's on your phone but they got caught they know the rules and now they got to pay the penalties for uh you know violating those rules there so we did say that it is about a week away from the nfl draft less than a week from night one one week from today will be night two rounds two and three and of course both nights we're having a draft party at joe's on weed street i want to make sure at the top of the show that we hit on uh, we have a lot of different packages out there including all you can drink packages and i think even yesterday we changed it where there's a really inexpensive option that doesn't even have a drink package included so if you're not wanting to you know partake in drinking or if you're you just want to come hang out with us you can definitely get a much more cost effective ticket to this event what should bears fans know about the cto bears podcast draft day live party nick oh man i mean if you're a bears fan and you want to be among a bunch of other bears fans this is exact place you need to be 940 west weed street for night one and night two of the draft, if you're able to make it, you're going to have people from CHGO there. You're going to get great analysis, great vibes. And it's just going to be a cool, I think, environment to be in for what should be a very important draft for, for Ryan Poles and the Chicago Bears. So if you are not doing anything and you need some plans, you need something fun to do, definitely check out the opportunity there. Like Will said, there are a couple options for you. Uh, if you're looking to go and it's going to be a really good time. And, you know, for everyone that is already going, cannot wait to see you there from all the people at CHGO. It's going to be a great night. On top of that, if you do have plans and if they're not like super important plans about your life, pause those and and come hang out with us. I, I think it's going to be uh, a great time. And Nick, I know you'll be there Friday. Is that the plan? Uh, I'll be there in virtually from the, uh, uh, yeah. Right. So from house hall, but. Well, I'm bringing Brandon, so he will in spirit. Oh, it's gonna be awesome. Wish he can see you. I, I told you I would negotiate and make sure he was there. I was hoping you would too, but I understand that you're gonna be at Hallis Hall. Both nights are very important here for the Bears. Anything else that we need to hit on on top of the show? Uh, of course, if you want to go to this event, links in the description here on YouTube, inside your podcast player of choice, and all over our website as well. Yeah, no, Will, I think we hit everything on the top. Um, we have some, you know, very talented players. We we have to talk about the tight end group. So let's get into it, share who we have at the top of our CHO big board. And, you know, some other players that can definitely impact the Bears if they do choose to draft some tight ends. Yeah, you have Cole Komet, you've signed Robert Tunyon, but it doesn't mean the Bears should be ruling out drafting a tight end here in this draft so i'm excited to break some of these players down learn more about them determine who makes sense for the bears and uh, as you and i have always strived to do make everyone the most informed bears fan we always say on game days but now we're going to talk about on draft night and draft Mm -hmm. day because technically day three is well day three 
All right. Tight end number one on our CHGO Bears big board. We have Dalton Kincaid out of Utah, six foot four, 246. We have six three here. I saw from the combine, he was six four, just throwing it out there. NFL.com, of course, we have the positional rank of one, projections in the first round. And when I was just looking at the NFL.com profiles to see uh, how they ranked in terms of grades, 6.48. And he had an 88 next-gen stats grade, which was first from the Combine. What should Bears fans know about Dalton, Nick? I know you told me he's a lot of fun to watch. He is, Will. And I, I watched his highest-graded game against USC last season. And just kind of read my my summary of what I saw in that game. Kincaid finished with 16 receptions for 234 yards and a touchdown. Showed everything you want to see out of a tight end in this 43-42 to 42 win. That game was crazy, too, watching it back and forth uh, over the USC Trojans. But starting with blocking, Utah had him cross the formation, go in motion, fit the edge defender. And Kincaid did that with force. So a lot of the times where not just looking to make the block, he's putting his full entire body into it, securing the block too. But plenty of blocks I, I have written down that had some pop to them. And now uh, I had also like curious to see how that'll hold up as a blocker in the next level. Um, but also as a receiver, King Cake can turn a simple five-yard hitch route to an explosive play against the Trojans. He constantly turned up field after securing the catch. He also used his six-foot-three frame to high point the football over the middle of the field and along the sideline. Big-time playmaker and a huge reason why uh, Utah was able to win and upset the the Trojans that night. But I think it's a complete package. Um, you know, there are some injuries with him that you have to worry mm -hmm. about. But if you're looking for potential, the upside, just a player that he potentially can become at the next level and consistency-wise, dude is awesome. And I know whoever drafts, you know, Kincaid, as long as he's able to stay on the field, you're going to get a really productive player at the tight end position. He's a really interesting person uh, on top of the player. He didn't even get to play tackle football until his senior year of high school, which is really interesting to be so late to the game, still relatively new, but now, you know, arguably the best tight end in the entire draft class. He's number one on our big board for a reason here. And when you look at him on film, he's super athletic and he allows that to be someone who can be effective on the move, make plays after the catch, gain separation, as you mentioned. And a lot of that stems from he's a very well-versed athlete. I saw he has experience in baseball, soccer, skiing, snowboarding, basketball. It just shows like he is not just like a one-trick pony uh, when it comes to his athleticism. I see plenty on film that I love in terms of his edge, uh, like agile footwork, allows him to break in and out of those routes, gain some of that separation. He has some really sticky hands. He has good mm -hmm. focus ball skills, isolate the ball, adjust in midair, which goes back to athleticism. And of course, he has a really decent catch radius. And no matter where he goes at the next level, he's going to be a valuable target uh, for a quarterback. A, a good comment here from Gary Ross or a question is, do you think he can block regularly in the pros or be more of a pass catcher? I'm more, as of right now, he's going to be more of that move pass catching tight end more than someone that can be overly effective blocking there are times where he's winning there are times where i get really concerned about his ability to block at the next level that's why you have multiple tight ends on your roster you can have your premier pass catcher you can have your of course run blocking pass blocking tight end too what are your thoughts about where he's at in kind of both of these regards yeah and so the game i mentioned he did a better job i think at blocking than he can that he was doing for the rest of the season because i think it was a little spotty at most and you know pff has this comment right here 
for one of the cons for Adolfo Kincaid. Still doesn't have ideal tight end size. We mentioned two six three two forty six would be one of the league's smallest starters at the position. So there is a a limited size with a guy like Kincaid. But you know, as long as he's not being asked to be that guy, like a wide tight end where he's going to be asked to be more of a blocker. Like, can he block in certain situations? Yes, I think he can. But I think you need to really take advantage of the athleticism. You mentioned all the sports the guy played, but when you it, when you see him go up and catch a football, go toward his body and get you know one foot down near a sideline, like that's that's stuff that not all tight ends are capable of having. So as long as a team envisions the right scenario for a Dalton Kincaid, I think he's going to be just fine. But the blocking, we're, we're going to have to wait and see how he can hold up in the NFL doing it. Because like I said, that game against USC. I thought it was a little better than what he had shown in other games before that. I think that's solid to kind of point out like, Hey, look, he's not, he, he can be better. And it's all about just consistently improving again. He's still new to the game. And that's why even though we talked about his ability to gain separation and coverage, like there are times when you watch his routes and they feel like very much like they're on paper. Like you can just tell exactly where this mm-hmm. route's going to go. And he has to become a little bit more like nuanced in that route running. And that's going to help him out. And that's just going to happen with time, getting more experience uh, in the game. Uh, just think about it. What, four or five years of playing football? Like he's still very much new to this. And he'll figure out those subtle nuances to the game, those subtleties. And that's going to help him at the next level there too. And uh, in terms of like the run run blocking, he's just a little bit smaller, uh, lack, mm-hmm. uh, not real bulky. And when I watch his film, big slot comes to mind in terms of like where he's going to yeah. fit at this next level. Like someone is a little bit more, you know, split out, whether it's not all the way out wide, but somewhere in like in a receiver stance. And I think that's where he's going to be able to make most of his money. Yeah, that's exactly kind of, um, again, maybe initially early on in the NFL too, because that's where he's most comfortable, right? So put him in a situation where it makes sense to him. And I think doing that that big slot and getting matched up on slower linebackers, living over the middle of the field on seam routes, that's where Dalton Kincaid, I think, will thrive. I've seen some mock drafts where he's going to maybe the Green Bay Packers. and like, oh, man, that would be that'd be a tough ask. But now the Bears have linebackers in the t- middle of the field that, you know, there would be a pretty good matchup between him and like a Tremaine Edmonds uh, down, the, you know, the seam routes in the middle of the field. So be a good test for him. One thing I did notice too was his ability. I, I talked about make plays after the catch, and just to put some context behind it, he forced 16 missed tackles last season uh, after the catch. Uh, so I think if you were looking at like uh, a way to like highlight what kind of playmaker he could be with the football in his hand, yeah, 16 missed tackles is a really remarkable number for for any player, uh, especially at tight end. Yeah, no doubt about it. He's got he's got some shiftiness in the open field, well and. I think he's going to live over there in, in the NFL. Anything else here? Uh, or we should move on to number two. Yeah, because I think the number two guy here will is uh, maybe on some tight end big board. He's not number two tight end, but I think let's get into number two and discuss uh, who we have here. Yeah, this is a, a big time player. We have Darnell Washington out of Georgia, six foot six, 264, second on our big board, as you can tell. Second round projection, uh, looking at NFL.com at 6.38 grade. Second highest tight end score at the combine of 85. Nick, this is a massive dude. What should we know about him? Man, well, like just uh, watching watching his tape against Mississippi State where that was his most productive game as a pass catcher. Five receptions, six yards, and, and a touchdown. He just, he honestly looks like, 
another offensive lineman that can move elegantly down the middle of the field. It was weird just seeing that guy that big and how he can set the edge, get in front of opposing defensive linemen and drive them back, but also run a seam route down the middle of the field and just extend his hands out and catch a pass. Like this guy is, he's different. And that's, I kept writing that down in my notes, but you're also, if you're an, you're an NFL team trying to look at Darnell Washington, you're if you're like looking at his production alone, it's, there's not a lot of it, right? Like last season, 28 receptions for 454 yards. A year before that, 10 receptions, 154 yards. And he's got three touchdowns in his entire career. But you also got some, you know, Bowers over there for Georgia, who's also getting a majority of the targets, receptions, and things like that. But he does provide something completely different than I think a lot of these tight ends can provide just with his body size and his ability to block. So really intriguing prospect. And you know, again, someone that is different because of how large of a human being he is at that position, who's also capable of moving. Yeah, that size is exceptional. He brings a lot of power behind that size and just sneaky athletic uh, for someone of his stature and build. You just would not expect a man of his build, like size to move the way he does. And that's what makes him special. Uh, just learning more about the person behind the player. Uh, I did find out like he had like a challenging upbringing, frequent school changes, homelessness, and you just you know, you feel for a guy, but also for Ryan Poles, who's all big about adversity and overcoming adversity. This mm -hmm. is just a great showcase of that ability of him to overcome that adversity. And I love him as a blocker, Nick. He is devastating at the point of attack, impressive strength. He can displace those defenders. And just due to how big he is, I mean, I'm just going to state the obvious. He's a red zone threat. Like there's, you get near the goal line, you can just, you know, give him a little fade to the back corner. You can have him box out the smaller defenders and like, good luck working through that body to try to, you know, get contact on the balls of defender. Like it ain't going to happen. And it's going to allow him to be a very good tight end here uh, at the next level. I, I like him. Uh, with his size and I mentioned blocking, but also like lead blocking specifically. That's not a trait yes. every tight end has. That is not a trait that that positional group tends to have. You can be an inline blocker at the line. Sometimes as a move guy, you, you can be effective, but you're still being more used as like a receiver, but he can be used like a guard or a tackle and he can pull across formations and be a lead blocker. And that's another area of his game that sets him apart. Well, I'm glad you brought this up because in that game against Mississippi State, they had Darnell Washington lined up off tackle to the right side. He crosses a formation and Washington gets the edge and there's a jet sweep going that way that goes for a 60-yard touchdown. It's all set up because of Darnell Washington. Not only does he have the strength to secure the edge, but he also has the speed to get out in front of a wide receiver. So again, there's different things that this guy can do that not a lot of other tight ends can. And with that wingspan, and the length and the size, like that is intriguing for teams that are looking for a red zone threat or teams that like to run the football like the Bears do, right? So, mm -hmm. again, a lot of uh, intriguing things about Darnell Washington, just the production is not is not there as a player, but that's where as a team you're projecting what he can do at the next level and how he can continue growing and also maybe not have a guy like Brock Bowers taking all the targets and receptions. There are a couple times, well, where Darnell Washington was lined up outside one-on-one, -on -one, ran a ran a really nice slant route he's open they go to bowers and you know he gets the first down i'm like hey darnell washington had it too so it, it'll be intriguing for him to go to a team that maybe doesn't have that solidified number one and he gets more opportunities to do his thing
Yeah, I, you talked about continually to get better. He's improved every year as a receiver. I saw his drop rate each season went down, so he's becoming mm -hmm. more reliable uh, as a target here too. And if you're just looking at things for him to clean up, I mean, with any tight end you're looking at, or any player really coming out of college, unless you're like super like elite and special, the foundational stuff in terms of like when it comes to him blocking, uh, you know, using his hands, he needs to bring them in a little bit. They tend to be a little wide, which is probably why I think he got flagged four five times last year as a blocker for like holding and illegal hands and like okay that that makes sense he needs to clean that up too but other than that in terms of like when you see him at the next level are there any limitations to his game that you think aren't like coachable or he can't work on or like that's just something you have to accept and build around that's a good question well i think um like i said he can run routes like, i wonder how expansive his route tree would be at his size and if like players at the next level obviously going to be you know a little bit faster going to be a little bit stronger hold up still he's got the size matchup different that's going to be interesting but just seeing him continue to develop that aspect of his game and like you said not every like there are little things he can't work on there are a couple of whiffs that i had in in his notes here against mississippi state even at that size like yes continuing to work on you know just technique when blocking but just continuing to expand that route tree i wonder how expansive it can get with a you know such a big buy like that but not gonna put any limitations on a guy that still i don't we haven't seen him you know get i guess the most opportunities because they had brock powers there who got a lot of the a lot of in the progression he would be number one and maybe washington would be the number three or four guy but yeah i, I kind of want to see how that develops for him as he gets in to the nfl level so i won't put any limitations at him on him at this point but do want to see that route tree continue to expand yeah just Again, when he moves really well for a size, but that doesn't mean he's like the most athletic tight end in this draft class that's going to wow you with it. Uh, it's just mm -hmm. when you see someone, when you see him move, you're like, how how, how does he do that? Because <laughs> that's so damn impressive. Uh, one other just sneaky area that I think he can be really effective in the NFL, and this may be minute, uh, but I just wanted to bring it up anyway, but it's just leaking uh, out after blocking. is somewhere where I think he can really thrive because that's when defenses forget about a guy. They drop back in coverage. They're kind mm -hmm. of paying attention, scan the field. And then after a few seconds, he just kind of leaks to the flat or finds that soft spot, sinks in there, presents himself to the QB, and makes some things happen after the catch. I think that's just going to be with his big body. And if a team that drafts him tends to use him as a blocker a lot, they'll easily, you can wall that defense asleep, bam, hit him on a leak and make, have a big play happen uh anything else here before we move on to uh, some other tight ends is is there any way that you see the bears drafting this guy no i don't think so well i know there was a couple comments earlier like it's darnell washington or nothing and i get it he's a very you know intriguing prospect and i think he's gonna do some good things for you know an nfl team i just don't know if uh like i like him i just don't know if i if the bears were to draft him i could see you know, I can come around to the reason, the reasons why, but I don't think so for just, you know, a couple days before the draft. I don't think the Bears make a move on Darnell Washington. There's some other guys, though, that I think are intriguing at the position that we'll talk about here in a little bit. Yeah, I'm excited. There's definitely a player uh, on this list that I would say is like on my radar. It's one thing to be on our list, but it's also another thing mm -hmm. to be like on an official Bears radar. But before we get to the remainder of our list, plenty of other players to talk about here. Uh, we have a couple of messages that we need to share from you from our partners. First up is 
DraftKings, it is NBA playoffs time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game with the touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every single day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Nick, I know you've been hot. Any NBA playoff action you're dabbling into? Uh, I did hit on uh, LeBron James scoring over 25, but I haven't looked into anything today. I've actually been hot on, like, Cubs stuff, surprisingly. I won't bet on anything White Sox because they they stink. But Cubs stuff, I I had... uh, who was it? Bellinger yesterday for a home run by parlayed it with some other guys getting hits and that didn't work out. But I got the home run and waiting out the entire game. Like, damn it. Someone, I forgot who would need to get hit, but I didn't do it. But, uh, you know, surprisingly been somewhat hotter than I have been because I've been really cold as people who watch this show know. We know. Oh, we know. <laughs> Ice cold. All right. So make sure you download the app now. Sign up with code CHGO. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visiting Gambling Help line at, uh, ma.org. In New York, call 877 877-8- Hopney, but geez, H O P E N Y, which is 467369. In Kansas, call 1 800 522 4700. And on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state specific responsible and gambling resources. Oh my goodness. Good, good freaking job there, Will. That sounded like, you know, those fast forwarded like edits, but that was just you on the fly doing your thing. So I'm going to talk a little bit to give you you know some time to breathe here but we have to talk about everybody who's watching the show comet the comet energy efficiency program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future yeah, Comet offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. Comet also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. So you mentioned all those great things there, Will. Can you you know, just go step-by-step? Step? How does that exactly work? Yeah, absolutely. So an authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. Uh, These can be done both in person or virtually at, and they last about two hours or so. Within three or four weeks, customers receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you own a business, don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today for savings tips, lightning incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comment.com slash powering biz. Will, did you say comment.com slash powering biz? Yeah, you know it. Definitely go schedule it today. You know, I ended up giving you, <laughs> I know you go and say the whole DraftKings do a phenomenal job at that. I'm like, all right, let me transition here and then take, you know, in our conversation, the first part of it, which is a little bit shorter. Bad job by me. It's okay. I wasn't going to gripe about it, but since you brought it up, that was a <laughs> low ball move, Mr. Moriano. Mm-hmm. It was. But I'm 
I'm over it. I've taken some deep breaths. Unfortunately, as we <laughs> talked about pre-show, my inhaler is out of puffs and I'm dealing with like some asthma slash cold slash allergy stuff. I think it's probably just mostly allergies at this time of year, but I'll digress. I just want to talk more about Chicago Bears football. That will make me feel a whole lot better. And of course, CCO Bears offseason coverage is brought to you by the Common Energy Efficiency Program. One more at comed.com slash powering biz. We have plenty more players to talk about. And up next, is luke muxgrave which i believe there was a super chat for luke and on the screen perfect timing and alex says biased as an oregon state grad i love musgrave biasy because you go to a certain school nick you don't relate no not at all i can never i can't even imagine what that'd be like uh definitely can all right let's get into mr musgrave here out of oregon state uh he is six foot five 253 third on our big board and projected to go in the second round and i've been giving you those nfl.com grades his is a 6.49 and he's also third tight end at the combine with his overall next gen stats grade of 84 Nick, I think this is a very versatile tight end that brings a lot of different elements to the table. What are some of those initial elements of his game that stand out to you that you want to make sure Bears fans heading into the draft are aware of? Yeah, well, I think for me with Luke Musgrave, it's it's his range as as a pass catcher. You look at the six foot five frame, his ability to high point the football, and even though his route tree maybe is not the most expansive. He knows how to run seam routes, go down the middle of the field. When I was watching him at the senior bowl, just kind of run routes, he just looked like a big wide receiver and not, not in a bad way, but in a really good way that he was a big fluid athlete running elegantly down the middle of the field, able to catch passes, set up defenders and use his frame athleticism, his speed to his advantage. And, I think when you're looking at the tight ends, some of the tight ends in the NFL, you're looking at more of those pass catching threats. This is that's this guy to a T right now of how he can impact the game. Being a pass catching tight end, you could split him out wide. You can we talked about the big slot earlier, like he can play that role as well. Like that's what Luke Musgrave provides for any team that is looking to draft a guy like this. But yeah, he was a guy that I think stood out consistently in the three senior bowl practices being matched up with sometimes safety, sometimes linebackers. And, you know, it, he was pretty consistent. So he stood out to me while I was down there in Mobile. I mean, football's in his blood. We, we talk about some players just have it in their DNA and Musgrave fits that to a T. His father played quarterback at Michigan and Oregon. His uncle, uh, you may have heard of him, Bill Musgrave. He was a pretty good player. He was a pretty good coach here. So he is someone that uh, I think can understand this game at a very high level just due to like the nature of how close he's been to p- people playing it at a high level throughout the majority uh, of his life. But just looking at him uh, on the field, man, I mean, he is very fluid with his movement. Uh, we talked about another player earlier who played multiple sports, and uh, Musgrave's another person like that. Uh, skiing, lacrosse, track, you can kind of see some of those elements on the field. He's an effective route runner. He knows how to kind of gain some initial burst, some separation. Uh, he is a definite mismatch against linebackers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on top of that, too, as like a blocker, uh, I think he has strong physical hands which really do help him uh, as a blocker but also uh, as you can probably correlate if you have strong hands to help you as a blocker those strong mitts also help you catch the football 
They sure do well. And, you know, he has strong hands, which is a good, good thing to work with as a blocker. I think overall, though, play strength is something that when I see Luke Musgrave that I think he just needs to get better at uh, being in an NFL weight room, just being asked to maybe do it a little bit more at the next level if he is asked to do so. Like that's something that needs to increase a little bit as well. And there's just a couple games that I watch where it's just a little inconsistent with his blocking, whether it's putting his head down and kind of missing his target um other times not setting the edge really well so just inconsistency in, in the blocking aspect but i think that's to be almost expected for a guy that was so effective as a pass catcher so i think that you know hopefully that comes in time with him because he has a frame too i think can work to be a better blocker at the next level but right now he's his game right now he's better at pass catching and that's perfectly fine because he has a strength. He can work on that initially in the NFL and then learn the other things as he kind of goes on. Yeah, strength at the point of attack is lacking. Again, though, like these are tight ends. They're not offensive tackles. They're not guards. Like I don't expect them to be world beaters there when at the, at the point of attack, but they do need to be able to hold their own space uh, once uh, in a while there. Something I wanted to mention, you talked about, you know, lack of the strength and fight, the, the, the catch point. What does help him, uh, I guess, overcome that. We talked about the route running, um, but just with some of that fluidity, he's good at like not even like engaging in the contact when he's running a route. Like someone's covering mm-hmm. him and he's like, you know what? I don't need to deal with this. I'm just going to get roll right by you. You're not going to affect me. And that allows him to gain some of that extra separation and kind of overcome those contested catch situations uh, where he still doesn't needs to work on it too because he needs to finish through contact, which would, really would help him be more consistent are you concerned about the injury history i know he had a shortened season due to the injuries you talked about you know senior bowl stuff which i think does help but how big of a factor or a concern is it to you right now yeah no i'm glad we're, we're bringing that up because well i think that is something that nfl teams do have to you know consider as they're thinking about him but i think what he was doing early on in 2022 you're high on as how he can continue to progress as a prospect but Anytime you have a what a serious knee injury that really derails your 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 senior season, like definitely something to consider because you know he's going to be taking some hits over in the middle of the field. He's going to be taking a lot of punishment, whether he is blocking or pass catching. And at the tight end, it's physical. You have to be physical at that position. So you know that'll be uh, something that each individual NFL's medical teams will have to just evaluate, see if they feel comfortable with taking a guy because. A lot of upside with a guy like Luke Musgrave, someone I was very high on after, like I said, after the the senior bowl, but definitely something to consider there, Will. All right. So we talked about Musgrave, you know, very athletic, well-rounded tight end, really good route runner. He's he needs to work on some blocking, but also he's a willing blocker. So that gives us, you know, some hope that he can grow in that area. Injury concerns with all of this taken into an account, is he on your Bears radar this year? I think there is a scenario where he could be, Will. Um, when you're looking at day two picks, if it gets you know, far enough to where it may be still on the board, like that's someone that – it's another weapon for Justin Fields there, Will. Mm-hmm. And to go alongside a guy like Robert Tunyon and obviously Cole Komet, like that would be intriguing to me. Like if you wanted to address getting another option – in the tight end form, like I'm all for that. Like I'm all for trying to, you know, draft another tight end to to build around Justin Fields. Hopefully the bears extend Cole Komet and you have, you know, a good duo here too, for, you know, a longer time than just, 
you know, if you only have Robert Tunyon for a season. So there is a scenario that I could see that happening. Well, like, and I'm all for the, the bears drafting a tight end in this draft, because I think there are some capable guys that can definitely help out this bears team in 2023. I think what's interesting about Musgrave uh, compared to the other tight ends that we're talking about here today is the fact that he played special teams. Uh, that does help. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think his potential chances here, because, hey, if you have a guy who's like your third tight end and you you want them to be able to contribute somewhere, and a lot of these guys have not played special teams before, so be new. Um, but I did find that he had a, a block punt return for a touchdown, which is, Ooh. hey, hey, that's a, I'll take something like that. Those are impact plays. It doesn't matter if it's uh, on the third phase. That still can definitely change the entire momentum of a game. But, yeah, and like uh, having him for like a three tight end set or kind of be a supplemental piece. I can see it. I don't think he's like number one on my radar. There's another player we'll talk about in a little while that's up there, but I don't think we can completely rule this one out. No, I don't think we can either. Will and I'm just going to be curious where Ryan Poles had tight ends on his overall big board or just some of these prospects, right? With all the needs the bears have, if you were to look at tight end, like it's not the most glaring. I need to fill this with a guy kind of need, but you know, after Robert Tunyon, it's like, yeah, you could use a young tight end. So it's going to be interesting how Ryan Poles and the Spurs coaching staff, the scouts all evaluate that position and where they see it as the overall, you know, need on, on the Spurs team. Somewhere Chase Allen's like, I'm a young tight end that's still hanging around help help <laughs> i can help uh but you know I, i'm with you here It'd be really interesting i still think how i how heavily polls addressed it last year with signing multiple veterans mm-hmm. at the position it's just it's important and i'm excited to see how they want to continue to add to the room i just feel like there's more work yet to be done and jimmy here agrees tight end is a bigger need than most think tunyon's only a one-year deal right i think yep. if i remember correctly so who knows you can have someone draft them now develop them that way after tunyon's years up maybe you don't have to resign him and you already have that next guy waiting in the wings all right any final thoughts here on musgrave nick you know, I'm not, uh, as we're kind of going to get to our fourth player here, I'm surprised. And we, we voted on this kind of, you know, uh, to see where we had a lot of these positions ranked. Surprised this guy was higher than our number four guy. And we can lead off like that. I'm still saying there's some conspiracy afoot because the fact that this player is here really surprised me too. And if you brought it up and I feel the same way, someone's What's pushing some weird buttons yeah someone's hitting some buttons that i don't know if uh we're all aware of right now but i digress all right uh next tight end for us is michael mayer notre dame tight end he is six foot four 252 somehow he dropped all the way down to fourth on our big board there's two guys talking about it that don't know why so that's <laughs> interesting and he's projected to go uh in the second round 6.44 nfl.com grade and when you look at like his overall athleticism for the combine, he actually did rank as the sixth tight end, which maybe that has something to do with it, mm-hmm. with an 80 next-gen stats grade. All right, Nick, another bigger body tight end here who at one point was like in a consensus top of the draft class tight end. And I, I did see some comments like, are we soured on him? Where's Michael? And he had you and I were both confused how he landed for us. So that's great. Yeah, well, and I, I to be completely, I have no idea how the the voting or who how I did it, but 
it just seemed it seemed a little low for me because it's a guy that like I've seen in the comments. He can maybe go to the Packers with their first round pick. Like I know, I know. Here's what I saw from him when I watched his highest graded game last season against BYU. Uh, Mayer caught 11 passes for 108 yards and two touchdowns uh, against BYU in the 28 to 20 victory. His two touchdown receptions displayed a tight end who understands how to run precise routes and also someone who will extend his arms to catch the football away from his body. He also made several catches with defenders all over him. As a blocker, Mayer was a little inconsistent at times. He would have good base and play with good leverage to secure the edge. Other times he lowered his head and missed on blocks. Saw way too many times where he just tried to lead with the shoulder and whiffed. But overall, that game, I still came away with like, hey, Michael Mayer's a very good football player and somebody that can make an impact on an NFL team early on because arguably, well, he can be the most complete tight end Mm -hmm. right now when you're looking at his skill set and how it translates to the next level. So it is surprising he's four on our list, but you know, could you look at a guy like Michael Mayer and a guy like Cole Komet? Are they too similar in a way? And maybe like as we're kind of looking at what we want opposite out of Cole Komet, something a little different, more of just a pass catching threat or more of a blocking guy like Darnell Washington. So again, I don't know how exactly, you know, it came to this, but that could be also a way of how we look at some of these tight ends. But Michael Mayer, like him as a prospect, like I said, might be the most all-around, complete, ready tight end in the NFL at this point. Hell, maybe you draft him and you don't re-sign Cole. I don't know. I just I didn't say that, but it would be a cost-effective way to go about it. Um, but you said it. Probably the well, like the most well-rounded tight end right now. He's a better run blocker with his technique, uh, his willingness, than most others in this tight end class. And on top of that, he's a hell of a receiver. Led the team in receptions and receiving touchdowns last year. And if you're looking at for the person behind the player, voted a team captain, he's a leader, and he's someone that you would love to have uh, in your locker room. But, Nick, you kind of hit on it. He's a very much like that quote-unquote wide tight end. Maybe he gets a little redundant here in the Bears' uh, depth chart inside that locker room right now. But I do love watching him run block. That's a lot of fun. He has good force when fitting up those blocks and just watching him run routes underneath and make things happen with the football in his hands and win those contested catches and find those soft spots in his zone. Like there's so much to like about his game. No, there definitely is. Will and like watching him too um, in that game against uh, BYU, there were just so many times where he, he's like setting up defenders at the top of his route and getting, you know, looking like a wide receiver and how he's like trying to run these routes, which I get really excited about seeing these guys do that. And there's no wonder why he broke Tyler Eifert's reception record at Notre Dame for catches in a season. Like this guy knows how to get open and he may not be, you know, the fastest athlete out there, but knows how to put his body in a good position to catch the football. And like I said, he's willing to extend his arms to go catch the ball. And that's mm-hmm. that is such a asset to have at the tight end position because even last year with with Cole Komet there were a couple uh you know of drops where the ball was away from his body and, and you know if you have a tight end that is pretty consistent with that that again is a large catch radius to work with for any quarterback but a guy that like I said I really like and if the Bear or let's say you know an NFC North rival were to draft a guy like this because. You the Packers needed could use a tight end. Detroit could use a tight end after trading uh Hawkinson. So they're team that are in need of that position. And this would be a guy that just seems like he would make an immediate impact really early on in his career. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. One thing you hit on uh, that I just want to like reiterate is he does have athletic limitations. Uh, we, I, I mentioned that he was the sixth tight end in terms of like the overall combine production, which I do think has teams questioning. And of course, this is a time of year when people start to bet on traits and like, oh, I can coach mm-hmm. him up instead of yep. looking at like the player. And he's a very safe player. And what allows him to overcome those athletic limitations? And we kind of talked about it, but uh, I think a word to boil it all down to would be instincts. His football instincts yeah. is what allows him to be uh, a reliable player and a receiver because he understands the nuances of running routes. He understands how to generate some space and how to win through contact. And he has good body control to catch point. And you talked about that too. So that's makes him a very consistent player, despite not being the most athletic guy in the field. I, I saw this comment from uh, Dino about Comet and Mayer gives flashes of Gronk and Hernandez, which I'm really glad I just didn't mention like, you know, the killer mentality. I saw like when he's like a run blocker, I, I'm, I'm glad that wasn't brought up because that would have been really poor taste, but yeah, that's a really good point. Like really two good tight ends that could help out an offense. And again, how many times have we complained about having too much talent ever on offense to any of the skill positions? Never. Yeah, uh, exactly. And well, too, like it would be such a complete opposite of what, you know, even like last season, Kolkomet had a, a fantastic season, a, a big jump for him. And, um, you know, just in 2022, but opposite of him at the tight end position, there was like nothing to be uh, positive about, or you want to see out of, you know, mm-hmm. other guys on that position. And that would be nice to, for, you know, not just one guy to be like the focal point, of that offense at that position, but another guy that's also capable. And that's why, like when we were talking about earlier, can tight end or, you know, someone brought in the comments is it's maybe more of a need. Like, yeah, now, now I'm even coming around more to that. Like that would be a nice option for the bears to have a young guy to that. Doesn't need to contribute early on in his career because you do have like a Robert Tanya, but someone that can just be another compliment to a, hopefully keep, keep on ascending Cole Komet as the Bears kind of work out and keep continue to develop this offense. There was a small window of time in which the Bears had Greg Olson and Desmond Clark. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of fun. And so I'm not going to complain if there are two very capable tight ends. And I do think Robert Tunyon, though, can be as a player that can do that this year with Komet, like without question, uh, he has shown in the past and he has plenty of experience with Luke Etsy. So that doesn't really concern me but there is you know a lot of reasons why mayor would make sense with blocking skills crucial catches and obviously you can work on some things we've talked about it but overall i i think the word that i keep coming back to with him nick is safe yeah that's a, that i think that's a good word when you talk about michael mayor you weren't a fan of the uh gosh what was his name uh is it kellen davis right oh. <laughs> yeah, i'm proud of <laughs> you that guy, for you pulling that, that guy one out. pissed me off so because he was such a big physical guy mm-hmm. and he would get just tossed off of blocks and was inconsistent as a pass catcher. I don't know why that name we're talking about tight end. So that's why uh, Kellen Davis's name popped up into my head, but man, that guy, I wanted him to work out, but it just never, ever happened. I see your Kellen Davis and I'll raise you a Jamarcus Webb, and then we'll move on and we'll call it a oh. day. <laughs> that's yeah. even worse. You know, can we just end the show because I just want to go like cry in a ball now. But Davis and his players, Kellen Davis's drops still give me nightmares. 
Like you really triggered something just bringing that name up. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. All right. Any final thoughts on Mayor? Or is it time to move on? Mayor should move up in our CHO board, and maybe we'll do that before we unveil it next Wednesday. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll go bang our uh, fists on the table Monday morning uh, for our meeting, and then yep. we'll we'll move them on up. All right, let's get to one more player, and then we're going to get to a break here. We have, because uh, Nick's told me he can't wait through an entire break to talk about this next guy. You may figure out why in just a moment. Uh, but we have Sam Laporta out of Iowa, 6'3", 245, number five on our big board. Somewhere in that tweener, but expected to go on night two of the NFL draft. Uh, Nick, you, you just give us, give me the lowdown. I don't think there's anything I can say uh, about him. You watch a lot more than I have over the years. Yeah, unfortunately, I had to watch. I, I'm not forced to watch, but I always end up watching Iowa games, which is just dreadful every single time I do it. But here's uh, my synopsis of him and his highest graded game last season against Minnesota. Laporta had four receptions for 95 yards. The first play of the game was a well-designed tight end slip screen, which Iowa just tried to use way too often throughout the season. To the middle of the field, he actually gained 58 yards on that one pass catch alone Iowa lined him up wide several times throughout the game including on a third and six that he converted on a slant route Laporta adjusted of course to a low ball by the quarterback on that play because Iowa's quarterback plays awful he did a good job blocking in this game as well sealing on the edge and making a block and a linebacker at the second level he did tear his meniscus in that game and played a snap after the injury making a block only played in the first half against Minnesota but did return four weeks later to play in the Music City Bowl against Kentucky and that's where he had a I'm gonna it was just a there was a reception in that game too in the Music City Bowl where he's breaking tackles left and right looking like a Mike Dick of in the past of just <laughs> throwing defenders off of him but for me Sam Laporta um, and I was watching a couple more games of him like there were times where he would be a good blocker and there were times where He's just lowering his head, kind of missing mm -hmm. on on the contact there, whipping on things like that. And for for people who are looking at him and maybe looking at production wise, not the best, right? But it's Iowa's offense. You're not gonna like there. You can make George Kittle look bad in that off, or not look as special as he is in the NFL. So with me, for me about him, like this is a day three guy. But you also got to see what more is he capable of because he was being lined up out wide. He's capable of blocking, running those tight end slip screens, running the out routes, things like that. So it's a lot to project with a guy like Sam Laporta. But it it's not to say what you saw at Iowa I don't think is what he is by the end being a, a prospect. There's more to him, and hopefully an NFL team can kind of unlock that. Hey, say what you want about him. He's going to get drafted higher than Kittle did. Oh, yeah, I think so, too, for sure. I <laughs> just wanted to mention that, too. But one, I guess, really fascinating element to his game is how difficult this man is to bring down. And once he gets that football, good luck trying to be that first person to make that tackle. He had 20 missed tackles for us last year. Uh, earlier, I mentioned 16 was an impressive number. This dude had 20 uh, just to kind of throw that out there. And I put the head ducking in too as like a, like a concern and whether it be tight end or a lot of the offensive alignment, Nick, I feel like that's a weird trend this year of a lot of people lowering their heads when it comes to blocking. And we've been doing shows about prospects for seven years now. 
And I swear we've never talked about this much level of like head ducking. Either we're just starting to catch more things or I don't know what it is, but I just thought that's just an interesting trend that I'm just starting to pick up on the more we talk about it. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up because there's a lot. Of, and maybe it's just us too, you know, kind of getting more seasoned as people who evaluate players too. We're just noticing a lot more, but that's definitely evident in, you know, a lot of the tight ends here, the offensive linemen, blocking in general. Is it just not – I wonder if it's just not as – obviously, it's important. You have to be able to block at the next level, whatever position is, to, to be successful. But there has been a lot of it, and we know that Matt Eberflus values that, especially out of the wide receivers. It's going to be obviously out of the tight ends. Like, you need to be able to block in this offense, hold your block for a little bit so rushing lanes can develop, so Justin Fields can have time to throw. So, obviously, it's important, but definitely I've noticed that a little bit too as uh, you mentioned it here. As a receiver, stronger at the catch point, work back to the football a little bit more consistently would help. And then there's this one stat that really stood out, but this is where I'm going to like rely on you to give me context behind the numbers. So I saw that he had a 14 to 5 drop to touchdown ratio. So 14 drops to five touchdowns. Is that on him? You talked about the horrendous QB play. Is it on that? Well, like, help me figure that out because – on the surface, that's a red flag, but maybe you can talk us out of it. Yeah, no, um, I would I would need to see more plays, I would say, but I'm gonna tell you this well, like Iowa's quarterback play was so just awful. And I I don't even know how else to explain it, but there probably were opportunities where balls were thrown behind him. And I don't want to excuse Laporta for, you know, some of the drops he probably had. So um I you know, there's probably things he can work on too as well to be, I think a little bit better with with his overall ball skills i think i could I, I would say that about him but i wouldn't put that number as like an indication of that he can't he can't be a consistent pass catcher i'll say that okay that's good enough for me is he on your bears radar not because he went to iowa yeah for for day th- for if we're looking day three you know fourth round and and i know he probably won't even last there like that would be ideal but maybe it's a back end of day two Right. And, you know, the Bears, uh, you know, looking to to add another playmaker, another guy that like we were just talking about some of these other times can develop. I look for a Sam Laporta. I remember, you know, just talking to my former professor at the Indianapolis Scouting Combine who covers the Iowa Hawkeyes and he covered or he follows the Bears very closely. He's like, this would be a nice compliment for a Cole Komet. And I see these two guys kind of just developing, working together really well. So um, I'll take uh, Scott Doctorman's uh, analysis and um, just overall thinking, you know, very highly. He covers the team really well over there for the athletic. But yeah, Sam Laporte is definitely on my list. All right. Sounds great. Let's get into some messages and then we'll kind of talk about some players on the bottom end of the list here for us. So first one is Shady Rays. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers world-class product and that is just good as any expensive pair that we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by its lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have 
your back long after you purchase. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or just return them free within 30 days. There's really no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. So for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use our code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. And as you guys know, CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988. So many great options like Goose IPA, six-time medal winner at Great American Beer Fest, always in style, citrus aroma, bold, hot finish. You have your tropical beer hug. I've been getting into my tropical beer hug lately. Dry hopped Imperial IPA, 9.9% alcohol. That's uh, dangerously easy to uh, drink, but hey, if you're looking for a good time, you could definitely go Tropical Beer Hug, 312 Wheat Ale, of course, and uh, the Full Pocket Pills, Everyday's Beer, what uh, the brewers are drinking. Whatever you're drinking, Goose Island's going to be there for you to you know have something that you can enjoy so you can grab an ultra-fresh brewing uh, brewery-exclusive beers at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown, Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. All right. And, Nick, one more time. We need to let people know about this draft party on Thursday and Friday night. Yeah, Joe's Bar, 940 West Weed Street, April 27th, 28th. We have the premium drink package that you can get, or there's some other options. If you're not looking to do that, you get – your CHO Midway shirt. You're going to have a bunch of Bears fans there. You're going to have a bunch of uh, people from CHGO. And if you're just looking for a cool experience, like this is the place to be at next Thursday and Friday night. So definitely, if you have plans, like Will was saying, if you're not very committed to those plans, just come over here and hang out at our draft live parties there at Joe's Bar and, you know, have a good time, take some pictures, and just remember the moment where Ryan Poles just – really puts this bears franchise to the next level here because it's going to be the draft well that definitely does it it's definitely going to be the draft that i think points them in a very positive direction which gets me gung-ho for this draft and i'm looking forward to it but yeah you see on the screen the ticket starting at 60 bucks i checked earlier there is a much more cost-effective option now as i mentioned without the drink package uh so again definitely check out all your options too when it comes to hanging out with us for our draft parties. All right, Nick, we just have like two other tight ends that we can talk about here briefly before we wrap up the show. And weirdly, I think both of them are more on my radar than maybe some of the players that we've already mm-hmm. talked about. Uh, but we have Tucker Kraft out of South Dakota State and Luke Schoonmaker out of Michigan. Kraft, by the way, I saw Brad Biggs reported that he made a pre-draft visit to Hallis Hall. There you go. And maybe... um. I'm thinking about it like a lot of those Bears, like the, again, 30 visits last year, the Bears didn't end up drafting them. That's all right. They're just doing their homework on any of these prospects. But, you know, really quickly on Tyler Kraft, I was able to watch his uh, game against Illinois State. It was his uh, second highest rated game of the season last year. Not as, um, I would say, exciting as some of the other guys, but was able to catch six passes for 44 yards in that game. Um, just pretty athletic though he was running some tight end sweeps out there they'll have him in jet motion where he's getting the ball and just kind of running upfield, able to turn the corner had a couple of missed blocks i think that's like the common thing from some of these the tight ends that we talked about but um there are other times where he's fitting his block well so just some inconsistency there 
But um, I think there was a time, there was a couple times in that game too, where you see the pass catching ability. And I think there just need to be more opportunities for a guy like, like Tyler Kraft. So I think, or um, so I just think that when I look at the other prospects, not as exciting, but as we're moving down the list, it would make sense that the bears may be looking into a guy like this. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, when it comes to Kraft, uh, he looks pretty well-rounded in terms of a pass catcher run blocker. I don't think one outshines the other. Now you see South Dakota State and you think small school tight end. And immediately you think of Adam Shaheen. I mean, <laughs> people, you can say that didn't happen, but I know that's exactly what happened. It happened to me. <laughs> that's how mm-hmm. I pretty much felt as soon as I went through it. But the one thing I didn't know until I was looking more into it for this episode this week is that this dude was actually super loyal to that program, which I really respect. So he started to play well. And then he was getting, once the NIL got in place, he was getting offers in the six figures to, hey, like, come up to the SEC. Let's join Bama. And he's like, no, I want to stay here and kind of finish what I started. I'm loyal to I these like guys. And I think that's pretty, you know, that's pretty cool. He could have made some money. He could have moved up, maybe not get as much playing time, though. And he kind of bet on himself to make a name in the current place where he was at and kind of stick with his team and teammates that he's been bonding with uh, over the years. And something else I found out about him, too. So his dad was a pretty good wide receiver growing up. He ended up, I think, having a tryout with the Dolphins back in the day. Uh, But he passed away 10 years ago while piloting a crop dusting plane. Uh, apparently there's like an accident. And so like that's some adversity that he needs to overcome. And I'm sure a lot of this is like legacy for him and like following in his father's footsteps. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a little bit more uh, behind like the motive for being hum- like becoming a professional football player and kind of taking the reign to the next step. But I, on the field, he's a fluid guy. He gains a lot of good yards after the catch. He can catch that ball without losing a step, good contact balance and, I just love his speed and burst. He can push the field vertically. He can stretch defenses horizontally. There's a a lot. And then one more thing about Kraft, Nick, that you'll appreciate. He has the school record for the power clean. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so his explosion. I, I like that. Power clean. I haven't done that in forever. But uh, you know what he also could do well in, one, in the game against Illinois State? It was uh, He went under center. It was like one of those jet sweeps where he comes in motion, goes right under center, gets the handoff on fourth and one, drives a pile forward. I think we've seen Cole Komet do that a couple of times. So, again, versatility is a good way to think of a, a guy like Tyler Kraft here. Awesome. Anything else about Schoonmaker? I know we've t- I've talked about him a few times on podcasts before, uh, making my mock drafts. He's a really good blocking tight end. He's someone that the Bears draft in the mid-rounds. I can see him being utilized as a rookie in two or, tight, uh, two or three tight end sets, and he's someone that – if the Bears want to spend like a mid-round pick on, I can envision him just developing pretty well and being like the tight end three this year with a steady progression, a tight end two next year. And that would be, I think, the ceiling for me, especially if Cole Komet stays around, then he would have a decent one, two. Really good run blocker, as I mentioned. A pretty fluid, smooth route runner. Um, I think his blocking, to me, currently outweighs his pass catching, which how the NFL's trending I know we talked about having complementary skill sets, but I would rather have a pass catcher that needs to work as a blocker than a blocker that needs to work as a pass catcher. Cause I feel like both have their challenges, but if you're not a super productive or capable catch pass catcher in the collegiate game, it's going to get a lot harder in those NFL coverages to kind of take those next steps, just some thoughts on it, but still someone that 
not that I'm like crazy high on, but I can foresee the Bears targeting in this draft. Yeah, and I see that you know that was a name, uh, Schoonmaker, as someone that popped up earlier too in the comments. Someone we wanted to uh, you know mention here, and I knew you were going to talk about him, Will. So another guy that I just want to throw out there really quickly that I think makes sense for the Bears that could be an option is a guy like Payne Durham from Purdue. One of his best games, you guys, was against Illinois, and that defense was really good for the Fighting Illini. There were a couple times where he's just running over defenders, jumping over um, guys at, at in the Illinois defense. So I just think that he's a guy that showed a lot last season for the Purdue Boilermakers, 56 receptions, 560 yards, the eight touchdowns. So yeah, pretty good athlete at the position, made the best play at the senior bowl practices, catching a ball over two defenders. So I think uh, he would be another guy that potentially could be on the bears radar. If they're looking for a tight end. And I think ideally, well, day three, right? Day three, mm-hmm. if you're looking for a tight end, because I think this is a deep class that you can get someone that can hopefully make an impact. If not this year, definitely in year two. Yep. And we've talked about that too, trying to figure out where to attack these positions and making sure and some of these less deep ones you, you make sure days one and two you go after them and then for these deeper ones you can kind of be a little bit more patient to get a good bang for your buck uh, that'll be the the metaphor i'll use here any final thoughts nick i'm personally starting to kind of get worn down the coughs are coming back i'm trying to keep them at bay but i'm about out of steam yeah no uh that's i think it for our positional previews for here at chgo now we're gonna go into next week Unveil the big board and get ready for the 2023 NFL draft. Thank you for everyone who's tuned in, who's seen each one of these episodes. If you haven't, you can go back and rewatch them or listen to them on Spotify, Apple iTunes, whatever. And if you haven't already, leave us a review. It, it helps us out, especially on Apple iTunes to just, uh, you know, bring awareness to the podcast and, you know, leave a five-star rating. We feel so inclined to do so, but appreciate everyone for tuning into these shows. It's been a lot of fun and a lot of research involved to make these things happen. Yeah, it's been great being a part of it here uh, for the final one because uh, I know we've been doing our audible days a little bit differently, but we needed to get this one in because next week's draft week and we have a lot of content to get to that's a little bit more than just breaking down positionals. We have, you know, maybe some mock drafts, of course, mm-hmm. and then just kind of getting the final touches in place as we get ready for Thursday and Friday night. I can't wait for it. I can't wait to see you all at our draft party and for Nick to be at Alice Hall and have himself a good time covering the chaos that's about to ensue because it's going to be a lot of fun. It is. I cannot wait. If Again, if you can make it to the draft party next Thursday, Friday, definitely look at it. Joe's Bar, 940 West Weed Street, Thursday, Friday night, premium drink packages, get your Chicago Midway shirt. We have it all, so it's going to be a great time. And if you're not, you don't have plans, now you do. Go get those packages right there. Well, spoiler alert, I'm going to be on the show Monday uh, with all you guys, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So until then, enjoy your weekend. Definitely stay tuned. You don't want to miss that episode on Monday. But until then, bear down, Chicago.